Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the second day of November 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, everyone. It is the morning of the 2nd of November. And this evening, the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago Cubs will play Game 7 of the World Series. And by the time we come back for the podcast on November 3rd, either the Cubs or the Indians will be the champions of baseball. And whichever team is not the champion of baseball will be the team that the the consolation prize is having the title of the longest current drought, World Series drought, of any franchise in baseball. Now, there are some franchises that have never won the World Series, but those droughts are shorter because they're all expansion teams. So by the end of tonight, there will be only one franchise that has not won a World Series since expansion. Expansion was done in the early 1960s, the late 1960s, the late 1970s, the early 1990s, and the mid-1990s. Those are the times that baseball expanded. As of right now, the Cubs, obviously since 1908, when the idea of the American League was still novel, it was only a seven-year-old league, and the Indians, of course, 1948. So we'll either have... 1948 being the new standard of the longest drought, or we'll have 1908 being out there in the orbit like Pluto, away from everything else. So, I don't know what's going to happen in Game 7. And there have been some great Game 7s. There have been some Game 7s that have been relatively anticlimactic. Um, Game 7 in 2011, for example, after the epic Game 6 between the Rangers and the Cardinals, where twice the Rangers were one strike away from winning the World Series, and the Cardinals came storming back, Game 7 was well, was a bit of a snooze. I mean, it was 6-2. to two. The, the Rangers got off to an early lead, then the Cardinals fought back, and then by the 6th or 7th inning, it was pretty clear St. Louis was going to win. Uh, in, tw- in 2002, when the Giants and the Angels locked antlers, the, it was clear that the, the, the game where the Angels came back from a 5 nothing deficit in Game 6 to win, and then even though the Giants took an early one nothing lead, when the Angels took a 4-1 lead, it just felt like the Giants just did not have another run in them. So, you know, that in that sense, that Game 7 was, you know, not quite as a thriller. Not much of a thriller as 
as it could have been. Uh, of course, the greatest example of a thrilling Game 6 and a totally anticlimactic Game 7 was in uh, 1985 when the Royals and the Don Denkinger game came back and won 2-1 to one, and then won the finale 11 nothing. I mean, that's, that's just bananas. Now, there have been a few Game 7s that I've seen that have been worth that have really uh, were worth the hype. I think the three greatest Game 7s I've seen, well, you know, I have to say four. There are four, let's, the four greatest Game 7s I've seen 20, in terms of the World Series, Game 7s of the World Series. Uh, probably the greatest and most intense and emotional Game 7 I've ever seen in my life was the Aaron Boone game. I mean, just because there was so much on the line for both teams, and it was it, the Red Sox looked like they were going to win, and then there was the Grady Little, Pedro Martinez meltdown, and then the Boone homer. I mean, I'm not saying I enjoyed it, I'm not saying it was fun, but I am saying that as Game Sevens go, that's it's one of the greatest games in the history of baseball. But in terms of World Series, I'm talking about World Series Game 7s that I witnessed and really remember. I mean, I, I remember Game 7 between uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee and remember that being a good game. I remember, you know, my memories of Game 7, Pittsburgh and Baltimore 1979, but really vivid. Um, I remember the, the Red Sox and the Mets Game 7 in 86, which nobody remembers because everyone thinks the game and the World Series ended when the ball went through Buckner's legs, and that just tied the series. That Game 7 was actually a very exciting game. It was a very exciting game and a bit of a heartbreaking game. It was the it was, it was 6-5 going to the bottom of the eighth. And, in fact, the Red Sox had the tying run on second with nobody out in the eighth inning and could not bring home Evans to tie the game. I really thought with Evans on second with nobody out, he was going to score. Um, another great Game 7 was the weird Game 7 between the Twins and the Cardinals in 87. That was, that was a good, solid game. But the, let's go the, the best the four best Game 7s of the World Series I ever saw. Game 7, 91, uh, Twins, Braves, Morris pitches 10 shutout innings. The strange play with Lonnie Smith, friend of the podcast, Lonnie Smith, who was a great guest and talked about his... Uh, what happened to him on the base paths. Uh, Gene Larkin hits the ball into the drawn-in outfield. Just an amazing game to a series that had uh, three or four really great, great games. Four really great games. And actually, you know, five good games, but four really great classic games uh, in the World Series that I thought was just uh, mind-bogglingly great. Uh, the 97 World Series between the Indians and the Marlins, which, of course, will be redeemed in Cleveland Indians' eyes if the Indians manage to hold on to this game. Seven, uh, that's one into tw- 11 innings, the blown save in the ninth, and the Edgar Renteria single. I mean, that's an amazing game. Uh, the most startling Game 7 I ever saw in my life, I think, period, was... Game 7, 2001, Randy Johnson coming out of the bullpen, and the fact that Rivera lost the game, and Rivera was incapable of losing games. 
and the Diamondbacks wound up winning that, which was one of the great World Series of all time. Not, you know, for the great drama and also because of, you know, the 9-11 drama as well. And then let's not discount 2014 with Madison Bumgarner coming out and pitching the five shutout innings out of the bullpen. You know, any time where a series ends with the winning run at the plate for the other team, it's those instances where a pitch is thrown and either team can clinch it. If Salvador Perez, who was the World Series MVP the next year and who had homered off of Madison Bumgarner in that series, if he had homered in the bottom of the ninth of the Game 7 of the 2014 World Series, the Royals would have won the World Series. He popped up to Sandoval, ergo the Giants did. You know, I, I'm, I make no bones about it. I'm rooting for the Cleveland Indians. And now that, you know, I could, now I'm absolutely rooting because you could say, you know, I don't really care. I just want to see it go seven games. And I get that. I absolutely get that. When I really don't have any skin in the game, don't really care, I want it to go seven. That was me in 2011 where I didn't really care between Texas and St. Louis. By the end, I was rooting for Texas, but it went seven games and I was thrilled. Now it's gone seven games, and so pick a side, and I'm picking Cleveland. Now, I'm thinking about the scenarios of this. I'm trying to think of the scenarios of Game 7 and of, of this year. If Game 7 becomes a classic, and I hope it does, if Game 7 becomes a classic, what are the scenarios that would be the most dramatic? What would be the scenarios that would be the best for baseball? What would be the scenarios that would be the best for the Indians? What would be the scenarios that would be the best for the Cubs? And what would be the most devastating? And is there, devastating for both franchises, and is there a scenario where neither team is devastated? I think, first of all, let let me address that right off the bat. Even if it was a great game, like, like I said, Game 7 between the Florida Marlins and the Cleveland Indians in 1997 was a great game, and both teams left everything on the field. But it is one of the most devastating losses in Cleveland history. It makes the montage before the Cavaliers finally won the NBA title, and there was the obligatory montage of all the terrible things that have happened to every single Cleveland team. That inning, and the, the the Renteria single off of Nagy's glove is included. So I think there's no way to avoid devastation. One of these teams is going to be devastated. One of these fan bases is going to be devastated. Now, which fan base will be devastated more, I think, depends on, on the loss. Um, if the Cavaliers had not won then this series would be, the emotion behind the series would be off the charts because it would be the city of Cleveland not having won anything since 1964 versus Cub fans who hadn't seen their team won since 1908. But the Cavaliers have taken a little bit of that off. So if the Tribe loses, yes, they would have blown a 3-1 lead and that would be, that would be rough. That would be really rough. But at least it wouldn't be part of the montage because the montage is now over. If the Cubs lose, you know, I know the, the, the idea of this is their year. I mean, 2008 was supposed to be their year. 1984 was supposed to be their year. 2003 was supposed to be. There's a lot of times where you hear, this is our year, this is our year. But, man, this just looked like this team was built 
to win this. This was the second time Theo just said, okay, to hell with this. We just got to win something right now. He did that in 2004 when he said, screw it. We got to get Folk. We got to get Schilling. And we got to trade Nomar. And this time he said, all right, to hell with us. We're going to bring in Hayward. We're going to bring in Lackey. We're going to bring in, you know, we're just going to, we have a bedrock here and we just have to do it. Otherwise, this fan base is just going to lose its collective mind. And if they don't win this year, if not this team, then what team? I mean, this is what will be incredible is that, you know, if this team doesn't win, yeah, that would be the most devastating. The, the Cub fans will just be crushed. But Indian fans blowing a, a three to one lead, that would be crushing too. Now, I think well, the best scenario for the Indians, I mean, there's two scenarios that'd be great for the Indians. One is that Kluber just dominates, Kluber just finds his inner Madison Bumgarner. And the combination of Kluber and Andrew Miller just make this postseason theirs. It's like, this was the scenario, this was the narrative. This is what, you're all cute that you wanted to win this, but this is the Corey Kluber, Andrew Miller postseason. And this is Terry Francona going to the Hall of Fame. This is cut to LeBron sitting in his throne like Baron Harkonnen looking over the, the, the Jacobs Field or whatever the hell it's called now and saying, I brought championships here and look at all the champions. I am bringing championships. They and Because there will be a connection to LeBron and this championship if the Indians win it for all time because of coming on the heels of the Cavaliers and also the fact that the, the Indians started their winning streak just as the Cavaliers were winning the NBA title. So there is a sense of, okay, a, a connection to LeBron James and the Cavaliers and the new culture of Cleveland sports and everything like that, if they win. And with the Cubs, it's everyone's crying over their grandma and everything like that. And the foundation of a great team will remain there. So it may be, you know, you know Cub fans... Get ready. The, if When the Cubs win the World Series, whether it's this year or the years coming up, everyone will cry and look at the pictures of you putting a Cub hat on your granddaddy and your grand, grandmommy's uh, gravestone. But when it gets to be the second or third championship, they'll get a little tired of you. Just ask Red Sox fans. They're a little sick of us. It's like, okay, enough. It was cute the first time, but enough. Enough. Now, I think that the, what would be the best thing for Cub fans? Um, I think having, you know, first of all, if Hendricks wins, Hendricks is the pitcher for the Cubs. If Hendricks wins, then he has a little bit of lore added to himself because he would have beaten Arietta and Kershaw in clinching games. And that would give him a little more of a, or a little more of a prestige. The the idea of one of their big stars, you know, the 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 homegrown players or the or the players who are rookies with them, like the Russells, who yes, I know was brought from the A's, but you know, he was a rookie with the Cubs or the Bryants or you know, the Baez or someone like that gets the big hit would be tremendous. David Ross getting the big hit in his final game would be right out of a storybook, as would Kyle Schwarber. If he gets a big home run that gives him the lead, I mean, that would be a fantastic story. Absolutely fantastic story. 
And I think that, I mean, and, and as for me, I mean, what would I, obviously I want to see the Indians win. I've made that clear. What kind of Cubs scenario would I like if they had to win? Um, I'd like it, if they win, I want it to go deep into extra innings with Chapman already burnt out and, you know, Edwards or Lester or someone else coming out of the pen to get the save. If that happens, if they've burnt through Chapman and someone else is going to get the save, whoever it is, other than Chapman, all right, I might I might shed a tear. I might have my bottom lip quiver. I might say, okay, that's cool. It's just really it's just really that scenario that I'm that I don't want to see. What is base? Well, you know, so you know, it's about it's as much about what fan base is going to be devastated as much as it is about which fan base is going to be loving it and celebrating. Now, I picked the Indians to win Game 6, and I was dead wrong about that. But I'm going to stand by. I think the Indians are going to win Game 7. I think they're going to win Game 7 because I think Kluber's really good. And that they have, you can go two from Miller, no problem. Two from Cody Allen, no problem. Two from Shaw, no problem. And I think that right near, I just I just mapped out six innings from their bullpen with Corey Kluber uh, as their best pitcher in in the postseason right now, who could easily go six, possibly seven, with that arsenal. I just think that, that, yes, I know he's on short rest again, but they don't need him to go deep. You know, they don't need him to go deep, and it's the final game of the year. So I think the Indians are going to win game seven of the World Series. Now, the question I have right now is what should Major League Baseball want? Now, I've stated that I think that it behooves Major League Baseball to want to see the Cubs lose, and preferably in a quirky way, because that way they get to build up the curse of the man, the, what's the curse of the bamboo, the, the billy goat. All the, this, the sad luck for the Cubs would be able to be built up for another year because in terms of a national interest in a World Series championship, who's left? I mean, people are sick of the Red Sox winning it. People are sick of the Yankees winning it. I mean, the Cubs winning it remain the most gripping story, and and if they can play that out for another year, I think that baseball would love that, to have a Game 7 where, they, you know, where they're left hanging, like you know Sandoval catching the pop-up by Perez ending the, the, the Royals, and I mean, the Royals win it the next year. In some ways, that's the best scenario for baseball and the best scenario for Fox and all the TV interest and everything like that, is to have the Cubs come up just short. Um, for what would really be great for baseball and moving forward is to have one of the big stars, whether it's Kluber, whether it's Bryant, whether it's Lindor, Whomever it is, like one of the marquee players on the teams, be the one to get the moment, you know, the Joe Carter moment, the Jack Morris moment, the Oral Hershiser moment, you know, the uh, David Freeze moment, the Luis Gonzalez moment, the Edgar Renteria moment, the, the, the player who does the moment that defines the World Series is one of the young legit stars because then you start to build up this 
roster of you know superstars in front of a lot of eyeballs with a lot of attention and be like, oh man, you know, Kluber is great or or whomever it is is great. You know, Bryant is great. That that element of stardom coming through as champions is something that baseball can really build upon. So there's going to be devastation and there's going to be adulation. There's going to be people who are going, I've waited my whole life for this. And then the other side is going to say, I've waited my whole life for this to end. And one of those scenarios is going to come true. Um, And the fact that they've used a lot of Chapman, um, I hope that they, if the Cubs have the lead, I hope someone else closes it out. But with all that being said, I, you know, I'm not saying this just because I'm not rooting for them. I'm saying this because I really believe this. I believe Kluber is too much. I believe Corey Kluber is too much, and the bullpen will be too much, and eventually. Cleveland will have the big party. But we'll see. But one thing I do know is I want it to be a classic. I want it to be a classic. Now, of course, what would be my dream scenario? Uh, the Cubs take a 3 nothing lead into the ninth. Madden brings in Chapman, who is exhausted, and he lets up a walk-off grand slam to Francisco Lindor. Why Francisco Lindor? Because A, I like him, and B, I think he should be one of the great superstars in baseball. And to have him have a signature World Series moment, eh, that's what I think would be cool. And I'll tell you another thing that I would like if it happens this way. If the Indians win and they don't win on a walk-off, I want Andrew Miller to be the closer. Nothing against Cody Allen. Cody Allen's a fine pitcher who's done a very good job. But Andrew Miller has been a dominating, difference-making force in this postseason. And if there's someone who I'd like to see with their arms up in the air being piled upon, well, I think Andrew Miller deserves the honor. But this is all just speculation, and in less than 24 hours, this entire podcast will be obsolete because we'll know what really happened. So go to sullybaseball.com, see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball and who owns the World Series on MLBreports.com. You can like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Previewing Game 7 of the World Series on the second day of November 2016. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for, well, I just said, the second day of November 2016. Well, uh, I am your redundant host, Paul Francis Sullivan, also known as Sully. So you can call me Sully. I'm just trying to do that whole redundant thing.